Hello and welcome to the Monday check-in. I am Pastor Greg, first uh, past, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church of Hastings in Hastings, Nebraska. Uh, and I am not joined today by Damon. This is two weeks in a row that Damon has had the audacity to uh, get married and then go on a honeymoon. Uh, but the great part about Damon not joining me is that I've had special guests join me. So last week we had Kylie Winberg, who is our parish associate at First Presbyterian Church. And this week we have... Hi, I'm Sarah Babcock. I'm a member at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings and a now current seminarian at Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary here in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I come to you from today. And thanks to the gift of technology, Sarah can join us for our Monday check-in. And uh, all of the knowledge she has learned in her three days of classes she's had so far in seminary, she will be sharing with us as we get to our Bible study. But uh, in the meantime, let me update you with a few things going on in the life of our church so you all know what's going on. Um, this past Sunday, we did our kickoff Sunday. We had one worship service in the park at 1030. Uh, next Sunday, we go back to our schedule that we've been running since August. So we'll have a 9 a.m. worship service in the park. It's kind of a simplified service, runs about 45 minutes followed by our 10.30 stay-at-home worship service, which will be live broadcast from the sanctuary. An exciting thing is that our chancel choir is now singing in octets, and we will have a live octet of the chancel choir that will sing for part of our worship service, for the stay-at-home worship service on Sunday. So if you tune in by Facebook Live or the radio, you'll get to hear an octet, both leading the hymns as well as singing an anthem. Uh, that happened last week, and it was stunning and beautiful and wonderful to have uh, live music back in our space. Uh, so that's what's going on with worship. 9 a.m. in the park, 10.30 stay-at-home worship. Um, what should folks bring if they want to come to the park, Greg? Oh, thank you for that reminder, Sarah. Yes, bring your own chair and a face mask. Uh, people have been really wonderful about following the social distancing restrictions and bringing their own stuff. So they will continue to do that. Uh, we will continue this uh, schedule at least through September and session will meet again at the end of September to determine what we're gonna do for October. So that's where we are with that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, our church is so active, uh, particularly in serving our neighbors uh, and in mission and ministry. Two things to share with you. One is a coat drive. Uh, for the last three years, we have collected coats around town and then distributed them to our neighbors in need so that nobody has to go cold in the wintertime, and we're doing that again. Uh, so you can bring your coats down to the church anytime Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4.30. Just ring the doorbell on the church office door. We'll let you in, and you can pile them up there. Or bring them to the worship service in the park. Uh, we'll have our coat drive box over there, and we can fill that box up with coats for our neighbors. We will be distributing those then at the United Harvest Food Distribution that we'll hold in October. Uh, so we have until October 14th to get your coats to us so that we can get those distributed to our neighbors. And speaking of United Harvest, we will have one of those food distributions this Saturday, which if I pull up my calendar here is March the 19th, not September the 19th. Somehow my head's still back in March. September the 19th, uh, we have a United Harvest food distribution. Uh, and we can use volunteers for that. And so if you are available to come and volunteer, please do so. If you have access to Facebook, go to the United Harvest Facebook page and there's a link to sign up to be a volunteer. We've changed our distribution system in light of COVID-19. So it's helpful if you can sign up uh, so we know you're gonna be there. And finally, I wanna update you on Christian Ed. So our Christian Ed uh, program started this week. Um, our pre-K through fifth grade, we're doing remote Christian education from, for September and October, and then we'll reassess at the end of October. 
What that means is that every family who has a child in that age group received a packet that was mailed home to them. And then each week we are producing and distributing online or distributing uh, videos. Uh, your favorite Sunday school teachers are coming down to the church to be recorded by Steph, our Christian ed director. And uh, those videos will be the lessons for our kids and they accompany the packets that were sent home. There's information in those packets for each week. So that's our pre-K through fifth grade. Our middle school and high school um, are restarting in-person youth group starting this week. That will be on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. in the church. We're following the same restrictions that the public schools are following. So we're asking the kids to wear a mask and keep social distancing. But middle school will meet in our middle school youth room in the basement from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And high school will meet in the high school youth room in the Peace Center from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. And then adult ed has been, uh, is, is kicking off again too. We have our Sunday morning forums. Those are gonna be at 9.15 held via Zoom. If you wanna tune into those, go ahead and get to the church office, uh, email or call, we'll give you the link on how to get into those. Um, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh, who is our scholar in residence, has started a three week series called uh, The God of Love. And it's gonna parallel our sermon series on living love. And it started this week and I've listened to the first one and it was amazing. So even if you can't be there on Sunday mornings, we will be posting those as well. So people can watch them throughout the week, as well as our Tuesday noon Bible study, our Wednesday noon Bible study, and uh, the heirs of parent class will be starting back up again in October. So that's the rundown on Christian ed. Uh, it's been a busy, busy season and we're excited to be back into the swing of things for Christian ed. So we'll move now into our time of uh, studying the Bible here, uh, and we'll open with a word of prayer. So would you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, so much happening in our world, so much happening in our community, in our church, and in our lives. There is a lot of pain and suffering in your world today, God. Particularly, we look at the wildfires that are raging uh, on the West Coast, and we pray for safety for all those who are in the path of those fires. We pray for the firefighters who are working so heroically to try to put those out and protect both people and property. Continue to be with them. We also see more tropical storms and hurricanes bearing down uh, over in the Gulf of Mexico and on the East Coast, Lord. Please help keep people safe and uh, may those storms pass quickly and safely so that people can return to their lives. Today, we're going to spend some time studying your word, Lord, and thinking about what it means to live love. And so as we study your word, particularly the narrative from Exodus, where God is providing for God's people in the wilderness, help us be aware of the ways that you are providing for us as we feel like we're walking through the wilderness in these days. Uh, make us aware of your presence. Make us aware of your provision and your sustenance for us, God. And continue to provide for us in your holy word, too. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So as I uh, alluded to in our prayer, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Living Love, talking about how we live out our faith through acts of love in our community and also how God loves us and we're called to love one another. And uh, that has led us to studying stories that are in both the Old Testament and the New Testament about ways that love has been lived out. And this week we're studying a story from Exodus while the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness and how, uh, how love is lived out in that story. So I'm gonna read, it's Exodus chapter 16, and this is verses two through 15. So I'll read this and then uh, Sarah and I will strike up a conversation. 
whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat, in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him. What are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there was on the surface of the wilderness a fine, a flaky substance as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. All right, Sarah, what do we do with this? I have a question. Okay. What makes... Do you get hangry? <laughs> I do a little bit but there are other members of my family who get very hangry i don't like i tend to be okay either because i have like i always will take care of number one and will have snacks for myself at the very least or i just like i just can push through i have a dear friend from undergrad um who's from chicago and we went like exploring in chicago and we were just like you will go to this neighborhood to see a a show and we'll just find something to eat there and the show was in um like a warehouse district and there was like no restaurants anywhere. So we were wandering around trying to find food and he was the angriest human being I have ever, like we still talk about it. And like, I've never gone anywhere with him ever again where I have not made sure there were snacks involved. Um, and so Sari, in that case, you were taking the place of the Lord. You were providing for your friend in his hunger. Yeah, that word hangry is funny. It's, it's like the anger that comes with hunger and there are a lot of people who experience hangriness uh, as, as the Israelites apparently were doing, uh, so much so that they're like, why didn't we just die in Egypt when we had plenty of food? Instead, we're out here starving to death and we have no food and we're miserable and we complain. And I think the word complain is used no less than four times in this scripture. I want to know what the translation, you might not know this, I can look it up later. What, what, where in the Hebrew do we get complain? That's such a contemporary word to me. Like it's such, this whole story is so like, yeah, I believe it. I, like, like, there's nothing that I feel separated from about the feelings and the emotions of this story <laughs> in my own world. 
That's great. It's uh, scripture can speak to us even uh, two thousand years later, right? Mm-hmm. Let's and this see. This one you don't even have to try. Sometimes you have to try. This one is, I think, pretty apparent. That's awesome. So, what do you think? Uh, what do we learn from this? Um. Yeah. Uh, well, we we're in this passage about the wilderness, and I've loved. Um, when I worked for Luther Place in uh, DC this last year for their Lenten reflections, we used a book by Barbara Brown Taylor called Walking with God in the Wilderness, um, which is a really lovely set of meditations that I commend to people about, yeah, these times in our lives that aren't hunky-dory, right? Like, like we all have moments and they're not bad. She, her, her thought is they're not bad, they're not wrong, it's just the wilderness. Um, and then that, 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 that language comes from the, the story of Moses and yeah, this kind of new exodus or this exodus that is happening, this new way of living that isn't necessarily easy or apparent. Yeah, yeah. And so sort of connecting us to this theme of living love, mm -hmm. what, what I pulled out of this scripture relative to that is that um, God shows God's love to the Israelites by, by providing for them. There's a provision here. Uh, but I actually, I see two provisions in this text. One is the provision of food for hungry people. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that God does is he provides for Moses and Aaron. He gives them cover, right? It's like, your people are complaining. Let me help you with this. Let me provide you with something so they stop complaining against you and me. And mm -hmm. Moses and Aaron make it very clear. Listen, your, 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 your grumblings are not just against uh, us, Moses and Aaron. You're grumbling against God. You know that, Israelites? Um, but God does find a way to provide for them in the midst of that. Um, so you, you asked about the, the Hebrew and, uh, while you were talking, I actually pulled it up in the concordance Yay! and it's, uh, it's a fun word. It's, uh, teluno tecum, and, uh, it's translated as complainings or grumblings or murmurings, mm. um, and it occurs, as we mentioned, four times in this one passage in 16, 7, 8, twice in 8 and 9. And it's just, uh, it's kind of a fun, fun word. And uh, yeah, but it very real, very contemporary to us, right? That we, we have a fair amount of grumblings and, and complainings. And one of the things that's, that I think is important uh, for us is, is to tune ourselves to the awareness of the way that God is providing for us as well. Um, so in this, in this era of COVID-19, we, we may not be suffering from actual hunger, uh, although some people are, uh, but we are suffering from um, a lack of, of many things, a lack of social interaction, a lack of opportunities to, to really be our full selves in the context of this pandemic. And so um, but at the same time, God is still providing for us in interesting ways. And so sort of tuning our awareness to the way that God is providing for us and then also looking at ways that we can provide for others in this time. And that sort of, to me, connects with that theme of, of living love that I'm, I'm trying to promote uh, through this sermon series. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the flip side of the provision we were talking about this, I mentioned it before we started recording. Um, one of the other things that I always think about with this passage is, um, I can't, where it is, it's like in, uh, I think it's verse four or five, where 
God tells Moses that um, they're only getting enough for that day. Like if they try to take more or like hold on to it, it's not, they're not going to be able to keep it. It's only, you know, so um, it's a model of sufficiency, um, which I think, I can't remember. I think we talked about it on a Monday check-in, um, this kind of idea of, of coming from a stance of sufficiency, of try, of living a life that says yes to things and then finding faith that things will happen as opposed to feeling it's scarcity versus abundance. Yep. These things, that's what I'm thinking of. That was the word. So yeah, we have enough and what is enough and then other things should go to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually if we keep reading in Exodus, uh, the Israelites make the mistake of gathering too much one time. Yeah. God, God says, I'm going to test them by <laughs> providing for them, but tell them only to take what they need for that day except on Saturdays, then gather a double measure so that you can rest on Sunday. That's the Sabbath, right? Um, and they, 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 they don't, they get greedy and, and it rots. Like it's gross. And I think there's a mention of worms and it's like, all of a sudden they're like, oh, right. God has said that God will provide for us sufficiently or abundantly. We only need to get what we need for today because, um, you know, and that, and that, that idea of God providing sufficiently uh, runs through all the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus yeah. tells the parable of, of, of the birds of the air and the flowers in the field, like God provides for you what you need. Do you see the birds worrying? Um, God provides for the flowers in the field. If God loves the birds in the field that much, how much more does God love you? And God will provide for you um, sufficiently. Yeah. Um. I also think we live in a world that tells us we need a lot of stuff, right? Like, like advertising and like consumer culture tells us that you need to have things. And that's not what God tells us, right? God tells us that God will provide. Um, and I think that's a really important way for me to slow down and to think about things. Cause you get competitive, right? It feels, it feels like it really does feel like these are things that you need, but you can always like rethink things. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, uh, <laughs> in this, uh, in this COVID-19 time, Jessica and I have streamed a number of old television shows that we never watched when they were actually live. And we're <laughs> right now in the middle of Mad Men, which is about advertising yeah. executives on Madison Avenue. And, um, basically the gist of the show is how these ad executives convince people they need stuff like that's their job that's what these ad men do on madison avenue and it's been really interesting to to sort of overlay that with these ideas these theological ideas you're talking about of god providing for us and having sufficient and not needing more and they're basically these ad men are are creating a perceived need yeah. but we know the difference between need and want or we should and so they're, they're making people think they need a particular thing when in reality, this is, this is the whole psychology of advertising, right? Convincing you need something that you probably don't need to survive. Um, and when we overlay that with our faith and this theological idea of God providing for us an abundance and sufficiency, um, we know that we don't need to be hoarding resources or we don't need those things uh, what we need to be doing is uh, recognizing God providing for us and then seeking to provide for others as a way of showing the love of Christ in the world. 
Um, and that's one thing that I do love about First Presbyterian Church is that that is a priority for our church. We have, uh, long before I ever got there, uh, has prioritized mission and seeking to meet the needs of others in the community. And like the opening announcements where I talked about our coat drive and our United Harvest Mobile Food Pantry, uh, both ways that we are taking our abundance. We don't, you can't wear more than one winter coat at a time, right? (laughs) But all of us have more than one winter coat in the closet. And so we're able to, to take our abundance and share with those in need. We, God provides for us and we in turn provide for others. And that's, that's how that cycle works. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Do you think that'll preach, Sarah? I think we did it. I think we'll make it work. You'll make it work. All right. Well, if, uh, if I fall ill on Saturday night, we'll be calling you and having you, uh, FaceTime in to perhaps uh, lead lead a little message on this on Sunday. How about that? I don't know. I'm a seminarian now. I think my cost has gone up. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just I can't, saying. I can't pay you in uh, in like breakfast burritos anymore. Like I don't think you've ever paid me in breakfast burritos. You paid me in burritos. That's I got real. you. I got you a burrito last time we met. <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a breakfast no, burrito. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't get sick, but no. we'll talk it out. Um, I, I, yeah. I don't intend to. So wonderful. Well, uh, would you mind closing us with a, with a word of prayer, Sarah? I'm happy to. I was trying to find a poem that's perfect for this moment and I can't, but if I do, I will send it to you and I would love it if you would um, send it out to folks, but it's not going to be for right now, which is okay. It's the All beauty right. of live theater. So if you would pray with me, please. Creator God, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for this time together to stay connected to a church that I love so much. As we move into this week, we are aware this is a time of transitions, a season of transitions. Weather is getting colder. Everyone's back to school in a variety of ways. Um, Plans are already changing. But we know that through all of those things, you are still with us and that you will provide for us, even when it feels like nothing else is going the way it's supposed to. Help us to see that provision that you have offered us and that we can offer each other. Help us to take joy in the abundance that you've provided and that we can use as a community to help our neighbors. Keep us safe this week. Keep us well fed and with enough sleep and a little more grace maybe than we had last week. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for that prayer. That was lovely. Thanks. So cool stuff they teach you in a day of seven notes. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we'll probably see Sarah for a Monday check-in at some point uh, in this semester again. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see you back here at some point, Sarah. But, uh, Until then, thank you, and uh, know that we are praying for you as our seminarian, and uh, we are holding you uh, and and hopeful for uh, what God is doing in your life. So, Thanks. Have a lovely week. Until next week. Toodaloo. Bye.